0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I I don't know if you know this, but tonight is an historic night at the chapel, and that is because this is our first ever First Wednesday. We are where we are live here in Midlothian, and we are also live in the Chapel Scotts Edition. Come on, Midlothian, let's welcome Scotts Edition. You You all are amazing. Pastor Jason and team, we love you. Excited to have First Wednesday in the city and what God's doing here. And in just a second, I'm going to introduce our guest speaker. But like you saw on that video, your generosity is making a difference. And we're making a difference in the prisons and in missions and in NEXT initiative. And I just want to pause and say a huge thank you. We just hit, uh, I got word from bookkeeping department, we just hit 30% of all the resources committed to NEXT have come in. And so we're so thankful thankful for that and uh and uh i told somebody i said so we're slightly ahead of budget but the good news is all the costs have gone up too so we're behind okay and uh, so I want to just stand here and from the bottom of my heart say thank you for your generosity and also let you know that with costs going up, we need uh, all of us to continue to participate in this. And so thank you for those of you that are faithful and engaged and committed to this and you want to be a part of that, you can just write next. There's a drop down online as well. But I know at the first uh, at the first of the month, a lot of us think of honoring God with the first of what we have. How many know you can never outgive God, right? In fact, Paul says this in Philippians 4, he says, I ask you to give a gift. but I don't ask this so that I might get something from you I ask this so that it might be credited to your account I don't know if you know this when we give it changes us it transforms our life, not just the kingdom of God and what God's doing in this city, but hopefully you're proud of what God's doing in the life of your church. And and so I'm just going to ask us as we pray uh, prayerfully towards the the end of this quarter, towards the end of the year, that we finish strong and be able to really move forward on all that God has for us. But uh, in Midlothian, right behind us, we're building a new. First thing we're building is a gravel overflow parking lot. How many know we need some more parking up in here? And so so thank you for your generosity, and that will be ready in the in the next couple weeks so thank you for partnering with us let's continue to do that march on the mission that god has for us i think the greatest place you can give is the local church i mean i believe in feeding and care but how many know jesus touching people's hearts is what it is all about and so thank you for that well man i am so excited to have pastor mike santiago with us tonight and uh he he is uh, no stranger to our students and young adults uh we had motion conference this summer and he he preached uh an incredible message. And in fact, he had this illustration. My son said, who's preaching tonight? And I said, Pastor Mike Santiago. And he immediately, I couldn't believe this. He said, he has a bucket and he has a rope. Because that was, you remember that? And uh, that's the sign. (laughs) of an incredible communicator is when three months later students remember what they preached on and he is an incredible pastor of Focus Church in North Carolina, multi-campus church, he's a coach of leaders he's becoming an increasing uh, friend of our church and I'm telling you he's a he's a man who brings God's word and so Chapel, you know we love to honor leaders and pastors he just got over, I just want to brag on him he just got over three days of coaching um, a bunch of churches to break the 200 barrier I don't know if you know this. The average church in America is 70 people. We think this is normal. By the way, this is not normal. And and he's given his life... And this last week, to pouring into pastors to help them break the 70, 80, 100, 200 barrier. Their church invested in that. And in the middle of all this week investing in all those pastors, he still drove up here to Virginia to bring us God's word. So, Chap, would you do me a favor? Could we stand all over this house and welcome Pastor Mike Santiago?
1: Come on, church, let's give Jesus some praise. Come on over there, Scott's edition. I don't know who Scott is, but I like his addition. Are you grateful for church? This is crazy. It's crazy. Remain standing for just a moment. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, if you are seated, just, I just want to take a moment and just remind you that this is not normal. You have to know this. (laughs) Uh, To dishonor is not to degrade or to belittle. To dishonor is simply to treat something that is uncommon as common. So, when you come into the house of the Lord, you need to know that this is uncommon and we cannot treat it as common. This is not normal. And my dad used to sell fireworks. Uh, He was like a youth pastor full-time and then uh, part-time fireworks manager. And so, you know those little tents that pop up in front of Food Lion and Piggly Wiggly and Albertsons, rest in peace, whatever other stores you guys have around here. Um, my dad would be in charge of all the tents and stuff like that, and we'd drive around, and he'd be like, he'd be like, "All right, we're gonna go check on this tent and this tent and this tent." And I would go with him, and one of the things that I got to do was any product that was damaged, any plastic that was broken, or any, anybody that had messed with it, it was damaged product. We got to bring that home with us, and so for me. Uh, I just got used to compiling these fireworks over and over and over again. And so at my house, we celebrated the 4th of July, the 5th of July, the 6th of July. Yeah. We celebrated Juneteenth. We, we have fireworks forever, all the time. And uh, my friends would come over and I'd pop open the garage and literally it would look like a warehouse of fireworks. And they'd be like, dude, that's amazing. Your dad sells fireworks, that's incredible. And I would just kind of shrug my shoulders because what was normal to me was novel to them. And I want to let you know today, this is not normal. And if it was not for your pastor, if it was not for his leadership, come on, Scott's edition. If it was not for his, his, his yes to Jesus, this is not normal. So let's thank God for the man of God. Our dad sells fireworks. Fireworks. Our dad is the fireworks distributor. This is not normal. I honor you. I thank you. I hope you realize that this is not normal. And I hope every chance you get, you say thank you to the pastors on staff and all all of those who make this happen. And uh, I'm just grateful to be here tonight. Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. And you can have a seat at both of our locations tonight. Again, so grateful to have Scott's addition with us. I don't know who Scott is, but I'm really glad he made an addition, and uh, really, 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 really grateful. Man, I I love the word. Do you love the word? I mean, only real Christians come to First Wednesday. So, come on, somebody. There's a special place in heaven for all of you. It's the third floor, penthouse suite, baby. All the other people are going to be walking on streets of gold, but we're going to be looking down upon all the people that don't show up to First Wednesday. (laughs) This is crazy, guys. I pulled into the parking lot. First of all, I went to Scott's Edition. So I've been there before an hour ago. It was awesome. (laughs) And I said, I think I'm at the wrong place. And uh, so then I pulled into here, and the parking team, it was already full. And so I'm not a bougie guy, I drove over here in my Ford F-150 2004 with over 200,000 miles on it. So I'm just a common dude, likes to to drive his truck around. And the parking team put me about four miles away. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled out my window. I was like, is there any closer spots? (laughs) He's like, no, you got to go way back there, sir. I'm like, oh, no problem, no problem. And so, man, to God be the glory for the next campaign, because... There's guys like me looking for a closer parking spot. <laughs> so uh, we, we need that additional parking because uh, your boy literally is going to have to change shoes before I go walk back to my truck. Uh, yeah, my Fitbit, you know, my, my miles, I got all my steps in just from my truck to here. And I'm going to double my output from here back to my truck. I'm going to ask for the golf cart on my way back to my truck today. Uh, Man, I'm just really grateful to be here. My name is Mike, and uh, I just, right down the road in North Carolina, uh, the city of Raleigh, the capital city. It reminds me so much of Richmond. I just feel like we're just like twins. You know, like when I drive through here, I'm like, this is just, we're kind of like secondary market. Like, you know, it's kind of like we're like the... Like the the people that nobody knows about, but we're the cool kids, you know? And uh, uh, it's it's always fun to come up here. I have some friends in town, and I always play golf with them around here. You got some really nice golf courses, and uh, it's always fun to be around. And I think they might have a picture of my family uh, that we can show, just so that you can see. I met my wife when I was 14 years old, and then we got married at 19. This is not a recommendation, just my testimony, okay? <laughs> Parents are like, please don't tell my kid that. And, uh, and we had our three children before we were 23 years old. And uh, my wife just wouldn't keep her hands off me. I don't know what to say. So <laughs> was like chasing me around the house, like, stop, okay? And so we had all three kids and God called us to plant a church. And I was 24 years old busting tables at Panera Bread about 10 years ago for $7.25 an hour because God had called us to Raleigh, but we had no no promise of a job, no promise of income, no promise of security, no health insurance, not, nothing but a big faith and a big dream to start the church that God had called us to start. And I was making $7.25 an hour at Panera Bread. And I remember asking my manager, times were tough at the Santiago household. I said, would you mind not throwing the leftover bagels into the dumpster? Would you just leave them next to the dumpster? And when I clock out tonight, I'll just pick them up so I don't have to climb into the dumpster. And for many months, I would go home with a bag of bagels on my back. And we'd make pizza bagels night after night after night. But to God be the glory, uh, the church started with a couple people in my living room. And I just kept inviting people who were praying over their broccoli cheddar soup. I was like, all right, I'm at Panera Bread. I'm busting the tables. And you look spiritual. So... Come on. And, and we started with a couple people in our living room. Now, to God be the glory. Ten years later, we are one church in three locations. And, uh, yeah. It's pretty cool. And we... We recently launched a a campus in a movie theater, and it launched with 400 people on the first Sunday. And so we're really stoked for all that God is doing at our church. And I'm just grateful for churches like this one that believe in the local church and church planting and all that you're doing. It makes a difference. And this is a safe place to invite your friends. And I think that's what I love about chapel. It's like I'd come to church. If I lived in Richmond, don't tell my friends this, but I'd come to church here. Uh, That worship was amazing at both of our locations. I'm sure you've been blessed tonight. Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I'd like to preach to you about the favor of God. How many of you want the favor of God? I don't know about you, but I I want the favor of God. I I I want God's favor to shine on my life. I want everything that I do, everything that that the Lord does in me. I want my family to be favored. I want my house to be favored. I want my church to be favored. I want my finances to be favored. I don't know about you. I just, I want the favor of God. And uh, and Paul is writing in the last part of 1 Corinthians in the 16th chapter, verses 5 through 9. If you have a copy of God's word, you can turn there or swipe there. And, And 1 Corinthians 16, 5 through 9. This is what it says, Paul's final instructions. I'm coming to visit you after. I have been to Macedonia, for I am planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter. Then you can send me on my way to my next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I have come. I want to come and stay a while, if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. Verse 9, our primary verse for tonight. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Let me read that last verse one more time. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Father, we love your word. It's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains the same. I thank you because you've made truth accessible through your word, and I am so, so grateful for it. Uh, Illuminate it to us tonight. Show us how to walk in it and walk it out. We want your favor, and we understand this, that favor doesn't come without a fight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, A couple months ago, I was doing a summer camp, and I brought two of my three children with me and a miracle took place in the back seat of the car as I was on the road. My children got along. (laughs) So we're driving from Raleigh to Georgia and there, the miracle gets better. They're not just getting along, they're sharing headphones, (laughs) sharing an iPad And I'm driving in the presence of the Lord. I'm like, this is what heaven feels like. Two kids sharing headphones and a device, not arguing. And my miracle ran out. (laughs) All of a sudden I hear, don't do that. Stop doing that. My son is yelling at his older sister, stop doing that. And I did what every parent does. I put my hand on the passenger seat and I looked back while driving, still moving very fast. And I said, don't make me pull this car over. I don't know about you, but I grew up when spanking was okay. All right. Kids weren't calling the cops on their parents when I was growing up. All right. My mom would open up the glove compartment and six wooden spoons would fall out. And a flip-flop. We called it a chancla, which is a Spanish word for, for flip-flop, okay? And she would never even stop the car. She would take that wooden spoon. And that's how I grew up, okay? so I old school, all right? <laughs> I don't know what you guys do at Scott's Edition, but around here, some of these people grew up old school, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I said, what's going on back there? Y'all have been so good. You've been getting along this whole trip. And she says, he, he said, my son says to my daughter, he said, he says, dad, she keeps skipping the credits. <laughs> now, I grew up in the blockbuster era where you didn't just press a button to skip the credits. You had to be kind and rewind. You were stuck watching whatever it was that was on the television. You didn't get to pick and choose which episode. You, you just watched the whole thing he was mad because his sister at the end of every episode was just skipping to the next episode and he was wondering if there was a hidden scene in the credits in the finale of the show he was angry with her that she kept pressing next episode prematurely because he thought maybe there was a gym in the credits that's what paul does in first corinthians 16 it's the credits man we don't care where you want to travel to paul of no concern to us your vacation plans where you're going to cruise next week but then at the very end in verse 9 he lobs us one of the most powerful truths one of the most incredible verses i think that would relate to all of us today no matter if you've been in church for years or for just tonight he says this there is a wide open door for a great work here although many oppose me Paul's on to something. Paul's on to something. He understands that with great opportunity always comes great opposition. He understands that when God wants to do something great, the enemy takes note. He understands that he has to stay in it in order for God to bless it that he can't leave Ephesus quickly and go to Corinth, even though he wants to go visit them, that if he left too soon, God would not have completed the work that he had to do in Ephesus. He says there's a great opportunity, even though all, although many oppose me. I don't know about you, but have you ever lived life in that kind of tension? It's like every time something good starts happening, <sighs> something bad starts happening. You ever been there before? You're like, all right, I'm, I'm finally gonna start serving. All right, I'm signing up to serve. I went to growth track, did all the things, okay? First Sunday you go to serve, you walk outside, and all four tires are flat. Yeah. What happened? Opportunity, opposition. You sign up for the marriage conference, you're like, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get right. On the way to the marriage conference, you're like, rah, 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 rah,
0: rah, rah.
1: I don't know maybe a Scott's edition they don't argue with their spouses but sometimes <laughs> as soon as you sign up to make something better the enemy tends to turn up the heat in that very area it's like you you start giving you start stepping into generosity and all of a sudden all these expenses in your house you're like I didn't even know that could break <laughs> what do you mean I owe you $750 for the propane tank I didn't even know we had propane I just started giving yesterday can you not relate? You know, your kids has an your kid has an incredible encounter at camp or at a conference. They come. They started coming to youth group. They start really getting engaged and into the into the life of the church. They start really start serving. And then all of a sudden, one little friend comes around. You are like, mm. great opportunity Here comes great opposition. It's the tension that we manage in our lives because we all want to do great things for God and the enemy knows that. We're all called to be favored by God, and the enemy knows that. I, I, I liken it to a rubber band. Uh, do you see this rubber band here at Scott's Edition? This is a rubber band, and, uh, and there you can catch that. Now, that is uh, not very scary, but if I did this to you, <laughs> look how the body language changes. What is that? What you're doing is you're creating tension. And when you create tension, you create strength. And when you create strength, you create power. And with great power comes great responsibility. With great opportunity comes great opposition. And what happens is the enemy understands that you have the favor of God on your life. And he is scared to see you. So what he starts to do is to stretch you. I have a great opportunity here in Ephesus, although many oppose me. (laughs) Isn't it interesting that it is not really a problem to solve, but it's a tension to be managed? You're not going to really live your entire life always favored and never opposed. There's always going to be this sense of managing this tension. If you've lived longer than me, you know this already. I'm just now discovering this, that every time the favor of God rests... The enemy takes note. The enemy takes note. Philippians one twenty two. Paul gives us another compare and contrast. Are you ready to learn a little bit about God's word here? It says Philippians one twenty two through twenty four. It says, "But if I live, I could do more fruitful work for Christ." So I really don't know which is better. He's torn. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go be with Christ, which is far better for me. But for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Paul is like, I want to die because I want to go to heaven. But I need to live because my neighbor is going to hell. And many believers get caught looking towards heaven when on earth there is work to be done. It's a tension to manage. Do we want Christ to come? Absolutely. Do we want the return of our Messiah, our deliverer? Yes, we do. But while we're here, I'm torn between two desires is what Paul says. I want to live here, but I also want to go be with Christ. This is the kind of tension that we deal with. Jesus himself wrestles with this in John sixteen thirty three. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. And then he says this. Thanks, Jesus, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Not a few, not a couple, many. I just want a small dose of trials and sorrows, not plural. Why is trials and sorrows plural? But then he says this, but take heart because I have overcome the world. (laughs) <laughs> you want peace I want peace you, everyone want peace in the, but in this world you have trouble is it peace or is it trouble it's both because it makes me better the tension when I wrestle with it it makes me stronger this is what happens to your muscles when you work out I know that it doesn't look like I go to the gym very often but I do I, I watch a YouTube video one time <laughs> when you stretch you get stronger because it allows growth and increase. Even Jesus, look at this Matthew four one. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How many of you want to be led by the Spirit? You want to live a life led by the Spirit? I do. Who was at Scott's edition? You want to be led by the Spirit? Let me see those hands. Yeah. What if the Spirit leads you to be tempted by the devil? Which one is it? (laughs) I want to live a spirit-led life. Jesus, led by the spirit to be tempted by the devil. It's a tension to be managed. Have you been there before? Are you there right now? It's like, man, I I know that God's got great things in store for my family. But right now, I'm really wrestling with my faith. I know that God's got great plans for my career. But right now, I'm really stuck in a dead-end job that I really don't like. It's like this opportunity and opposition living in the same coin, the same band, the same whatever you want to call it. It is stretching you. And I just came to tell you, you're getting stronger. That the favor of God is on you and that you're getting stronger. Oh, I know it doesn't feel like you're getting stronger. You feel sore you feel weak you feel stretched you feel burned out you feel like you're you're going to want to give up soon and i just want to let you know the only reason you feel that way is because there's a great opportunity at stake <laughs> greater the opportunity greater the opposition god's favor triggers the enemy's forces you rarely have favor without a fight you rarely have favor without a fight. It's very interesting because a lot of times we think that when the enemy attacks us in our lives, it's because we did something wrong. That's not always the case. It's probably because you're doing something right. Psalm ninety seventeen says, let the favor of the Lord Our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. May the favor of God establish the work of your hands. Everything you put your hand to, may the favor of God be on it. But just know that when you pray that prayer for favor, you're also opening up the opposition door for the enemy to take note. You rarely have favor without a fight. Why? Because the enemy knows your potential. Sometimes it's greater than you do. <laughs> I was teaching my son to harvest deer. Do you guys deer hunt around here? I know it's kind of like the city, but we're slowly but surely becoming North Carolina rednecks. We're on our way. We're on our way. Okay, we're on our way. We're like level one. Okay, I got the F-150 but. No chewing tobacco or anything like that, but I do got a camo jacket that I wear in the wintertime. It's my favorite color. So we're, we're going through the process of learning how to hunt, okay? I'm a first-generation deer harvester. I'll just call it harvester for the sake of the PETA people in the room so I don't offend anybody. We go to Bass Pro. We spend $4,800 on like two things because that's what happens when you go to Bass Pro. How many of you guys know about that? You're going to Best Pro. You can't just buy a flashlight. You have to buy a Yeti cooler that matches the flashlight. And why would you just buy the cooler when you can get the cup? Why would you just buy the cup when you can get the whole thing? So we got everything you would need to slay a dragon. I mean, we got all of it. We have got the camo from head to toe. We even went all in with the deer urine scent on your boots. You know what I'm saying? So like, we're, we're getting into this thing, man. We're We're anointing our feet with oil. Our cup runneth over. We're we're walking through the woods. We're tiptoeing through the woods. We're we're getting ready. I'm like I've never done this before, but we're gonna do it because that's what other people around here are doing. We're gonna I, I'm, we're gonna become these people that we're trying to reach. And so uh, we, we started we started gearing up for for like the you know the time to go hunting. We're getting up early. I mean it's dark. It's dark. It's three o'clock. We're using the soap that we bought at Bass Pro because apparently the deer can smell you. So we're using soap. We're putting the thing with the pee on our boots so that we can track scent. And we're tiptoeing through the woods, and we get up to the tree stand. It's freezing cold. Why are we here? What are we doing? This is, this is crazy. Can't even see anything. Nothing. Every squirrel sounds like an elephant. It's, like, it's crazy. Get back down, walk back through the woods, get to the truck, take a nap. Go home, eat lunch get back out there, walk through the woods, stay there till it's dark, get back down, walk back to the truck, go back home, again the next week, again the next day, again the next day, all Thanksgiving long, nothing, (laughs) zero movement, nothing. It's not like it's on TV. It's not like a YouTube video. This is hard work. So we're driving down the road one day. We're defeated We're like, this is not for us. This is not our call. We got to take, did you save the receipt? We got to take this stuff back to Bass Pro. We had to refinance the house for this stuff. Let's just, you know. And from the (laughs) backseat, I'm driving down the road. My son goes, dad, stop. I found one. He's like, there's one on the side of the road. Let's get it. I said, son, that's like level five redneck. We're not there just yet. We're not there yet, okay? And I, I, I had this revelation, and I, I told him, I said, we only hunt that which is alive. <laughs> Guess why it feels like there's a target on your chest sometimes? Guess why it feels like the enemy sometimes puts pressure on you? Because you're alive. The enemy doesn't hunt things that are dead. The enemy doesn't kill things that are already dead. And if you're not dead, God's not done. He's got great plans for you. His plans for your life are great. Let me tell you right now, Scott's edition, he's got great plans for your life. I promise you this, the devil doesn't hunt anything that's dead. You're alive today, and because you are alive, the favor of God rests upon you, and the pressure you feel is indicative of the favor that is on your life. There's a wide-open opportunity for me here, but (laughs) many oppose me. The force against me is indicative of the favor that's on me. Pastor, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know. I don't know if I can make it. You can make it. The enemy only steals what's valuable. You have a security system at your house? It's like, oh, the guy was installing my security system one time. He's like, yeah, we're not going to put a sensor in the driveway, in the, in the garage. He's like, what's the most that they could take? I was like, I like that shovel. <laughs> He's like, the sensors will start when you get into the house. He goes, because that's where your children are. He's like, none of your kids sleep in the garage. I'm like, well, sometimes i'm just kidding just a joke you got to clarify these days if not they'll clip that little part put it on the internet and be like pastor lets his kid sleep in the garage (laughs) he says we'll start the system where the valuables start the enemy never steals anything that's not of great value he only steals things that are of great value and you my friend are a treasure to god You are a son and daughter of the king. You, my friend, are are someone that was fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together, formed together in the womb of your mother. Not only does he know the hairs that are on your head, he has the hairs that are on your head numbered. Do you know what that means? That means that you could pluck one out, and he would know which number hair that was. He'd be like, that one was 33,462 hair. Because he doesn't just know how many, he knows each one. That's why the enemy comes against you. (laughs) Because he knows you're destined and favored for great things. I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget and I let the enemy win. Don't let the enemy win in your life. Don't let the enemy get the final say. say. Stay in Ephesus. Would it have been easier to go to Corinth? Absolutely. But where there's opportunity, there is opposition. The enemy only steals what? Valuable. The enemy only opposes those who are a threat. And the enemy only targets those who are favored. The band can return. As they come, I want to close with a Psalm 67 verse one. May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favor on us. May God be merciful and bless us and may his face smile with favor on us. Do you know where God anoints you first? on your head you know where the favor of God is it's on your head it's on your face how many of you met someone who doesn't have a favored face come on now don't elbow them right now you're married to them don't do that I'm just kidding you ever met someone they're like I'm, a believer. I'm like I don't believe it because your face is not showing me how favored you are in your heart. See, where, where the favor starts, the favor starts on the face. Have you guys ever seen that show, uh, Extreme Home Makeover Home Edition? It's a great show. Oh, dude, bring it back. Bring back real television like that. Have you seen that show before? Scott's Edition, have you seen that show? It's such That's a good show. It's such a good show. Hey, everyone, I'm Ty Pennington here. Welcome to Extreme Home Makeover. Let's do this. And it's like a big cue intro. If you don't know, let me just catch you up. Picture a mission strip in America. <laughs> Everyone's wearing their serve day T-shirts. <laughs> and they show up in this house to a family that's normally like a, they're like, people that contribute in the community their their family members that uh, maybe they they have a great need in their home that's not met they need wider hallways or they need they have maybe a special needs child and they need uh, some additions put to their house or some of the reconstruction so what they do they normally like gut the whole house and in one week they rebuild the house and it's a lot of fun to watch the host of the show is ty pennington he's awesome So they call this family together like all right guys come on in all right guess what we're gonna fix your house and you're going to disney world send the family to disney world and then they bring in all the people and they start demoing the stuff and they're kicking through the door and walls and mess and crazy it's like a mission strip you know and uh, the family's in Disney World. And every single day they give like an update. Like here we are day one and it's demo day. And, and then day two, okay, starts starts coming back to life. And then on day three, they FaceTime with the family that's in Disney World. <laughs> y'all, y'all seen the show before? Okay. He's like, hey, Ty Pennington, how you doing? I'm Johnny, are you there? And Johnny's like the little boy in the, in the family. He's like,
0: I'm here, Ty, how's it
1: going? He's like... I heard you love Bon Jovi. He's like, I love Bon Jovi. He's like, guess what? We got Bon Jovi signing your new electric guitar room. So the room is decked out in electric guitar. He's FaceTiming Bon Jovi's there. He's like, you're living on a prayer room. You know, it's awesome. It's really cool. It's a great show. The next day, they they FaceTime the family in Disney World again and it's Sally, it's like, the daughter Sally's like hey Sally, how you doing I heard you love Elsa she's like, I
0: love Elsa
1: (laughs) guess what, we've created your room to be an icicle it's literally snowing in here make sure you bring home a jacket from Florida let it go, you know It's an incredible show, like dreams come true in one week at this show. And the end of the show, every single week, they bring the family back and everyone is dressed uh, in their little serve day t-shirts, you know, and all the volunteers are there. It's like, you know, packed around the house. The crescendo is big, the drama's big. They got one of those huge crane cameras. It's swooping over the front yard. They they bring this bus in. Have you guys seen this before? Okay, you guys seen? I'm just I'm catching the kids up. Okay, they haven't seen this show. All their television is trash. So we (laughs) got to. It's true. They don't even watch television anymore. (laughs) Anyways, what happens is they bring this bus down there and they park the bus in such a way where the family's on one side. If they get out of the bus, the bus is in between the family and the house. You've seen it before. So they start this, this big chant. It's like, move that bus, move that bus, move that bus. Scots edition, move that bus, move that bus, move. And then all of a sudden, commercial break. (laughs) Mm, I want to see the house. I don't care about the Taco Bell special of the week. I don't care about no Subway commercial. I want to see the house. <laughs> I've waited all show to see the house. And why are you cutting to commercial? You're messing with me. You guys have seen it. And they come back in, swooping shot over the crowd. The family's there. they move that bus. Move that bus. Move that bus. Move that bus. And then finally... After 28 minutes and 16 seconds for us, the bus moves. And what's the first shot that they it's called Extreme Home Makeover, Extreme Makeover Home Edition. We've wanted to see the house all show long. What's the first clip that they show once the bus moves? Why do they do that? It's called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. You move to the bus and you cut to the family? Why are you cutting to the family? You want to know why? Because you can see the house on the faces of that family. I don't know what you're up against today. But whatever you came fighting with, May the favor of God rest upon your face. May when you walk into a room, regardless of the opposition that is against you, may the favor of God shine upon you. I know your marriage is on the fence right now, but may the favor of God rest upon you. I know that the future is uncertain in your life, but may the favor of God rest upon you. I know that your children used to serve God and they are currently wayward. May the favor of God rest upon you. I know that it's not how you thought it was going to be. You thought you'd be at a different place in your life right now. May the favor of God rest upon you. I know that you're always looking for an opportunity and it seems like there's closed door after closed door after closed door. May the favor of God be on your face so that when the world looks at your fight, they see
0: the favor of God.
1: Would you stand to your feet at at both of our locations tonight? Can they see the house on your face? With every head bowed and every eye closed, no one moving or leaving for just a few brief seconds. Do you want the favor of God? Have you forgotten that you were favored? <laughs> I know it's tough cuz you're in a fight. But I came to remind you that you're favored regardless of the fight. If you want the favor of God at both of our locations, would you just lift a hand? I just want to pray a prayer blessing over you. Hands all over, hands all over at both of our locations. Favor of God rest upon your marriage right now. Favor of God rest upon your finances right now. Favor of God rest upon your children right now favor of God regardless of the fight that you're in I pray that the favor of God would rest upon you I pray that the favor of God would be upon you from the front to the back to the overflow to Scott's edition to every location people watching online may the favor of God rest upon you May he be gracious to you. May he give peace to you. Every single person at the sound of my voice, I speak against any attack of the enemy that would try to take you out. And I establish a new dimension of favor. A new measure of favor is coming into this room and to Scott's edition and to overflow right now. There's a new measure, a new measure of favor. A new measure of favor is falling right now a new measure of favor at both of our locations. In Jesus' name, we want your favor. Amen and amen. Come on, let's sing together tonight. Let's clap our hands for God's word and let's worship together.